Hear the word of the Lord. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You can be seated. Um, I'm not actually the one uh, preaching today. I get to introduce uh, Eugene Takach, who for many here uh, doesn't need an introduction. Uh, for many here, they can't get him out of their mind. No, um, uh, Eugene, I'm, I'm so blessed to have him be able to speak today. This, this past week was for me kind of a pastoral prep week. I try to take these uh, once or twice a year um, where I'm not going to preach, and it gives me time to... Uh, to, to get ahead in some of my, uh, my, my preparation and planning. Um, next week, we're going to be starting into a new series on heaven and, uh, and, and the importance of like, why it matters to know where we're going um, and, and how that should affect our lives. And so I've been working on some of that preparation uh, this week, and Eugene was gracious enough to, uh, to preach today. And, and I just w- wanted to say one word about you know, I think one of the most important ministries we have as a church is the raising up of future leaders, uh, future preachers, future elders, future whatever, future people that are going to serve and go and, and be sent. It's one of the reasons why we feel strongly about partnering with Gordon Conwell and mentoring seminary students, um, uh, because we, we want to do our part um, in, in empowering and equipping for people, whether we get to, in the long term, benefit from their presence or whether we send them uh, to, to do a work for the Lord elsewhere. Um, we, we believe that's so important, and so it's a privilege, um, and it's kind of exciting to uh, just to see how Eugene has grown and the investment in him over the years, and so I'm grateful to, uh, to invite him to come on up and share God's word with us. Good morning, everyone. Um, It is a very great privilege um, for me to be up here this morning and uh, to share a word that God has put on my heart in the hopes that it will remind us, equip us, and convict us as we strive to be more like Christ. And before, before we continue, I'd just like to read another passage. You don't have to go ahead and turn to it. I'll read it real quickly from Luke 8.16. It's a similar passage, and then we'll go ahead and pray once again. (laughs) I know we've been praying a lot, but pray once again and prepare our hearts um, and pray for me as I speak. So Luke 8.16, it says this, No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Let us pray. Lord, I just thank you for being able to come here, Lord. I thank you that we have this wonderful weather, Lord. I thank you for your mercies that are new every morning, Lord. I thank you 
for everything you have done for us, Lord. I pray that you would give me words to speak. You give me clarity, Lord Jesus. Give us ears to hear and understand what you have to tell us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and do a great work in our hearts today. I pray this is all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there are many truths if you stayed in Matthew. Matthew 5.14, we're still here. If you read this passage before, you know that there are many truths that you can pull out of here. There are many different sermons you might have heard already on this passage that Jesus repeated. But when I was reading this passage in Matthew and in Luke, what came to mind is witnessing. And perhaps it is, you know, something to do with the past few months and my uh, trip to India and that being on the forefront of my mind and something that has been near and dear in my heart. But that's, that's exactly where you get the sermon title from. Remember, you're a lamp. So if you came in here today, you think, you're, I'm a lamp? What's going on here? And then Caleb's not coming up. Eugene's coming up. What's, what's this lamp deal? And I already heard some people, you know, oh, Eugene, you're a lamp or he's a lamp. And hey, if it helps to remember the sermon, you know, praise God, you know, the lamp sermon. And then you go from there. So that's exactly where, you know, the sermon title got its name from. It's being that lamp, remembering that you are a lamp. So with that said, witnessing and being a lamp, being something, being someone you shine, that's exactly where it comes from. And before I go on, I just want to start off by reading this quote I came across while preparing for the sermon. It says this, the word witness comes from the Greek word martis, which transliterated, not translated, transliterated into English as martyr. And we think of martyr as the one who dies for his faith. However, it is really one whose life is so totally committed to his faith that nothing will dissuade him from it, not even the threat of death. His death does not make him a martyr. It only confirms that he was truly a martyr. Many Christians today testify of Jesus Christ without ever being a true witness. And I thought about those words and it's like, that is, so, that is so because back in the early days as we read the Bible and we know from our own history, as we study history in general, Christian dumb history, we see that witnessing in the early church was commonly followed by death. You witness, you know, you were part of the way. What usually followed was death. And yet we live right now in a place and time where that is not a common occurrence. You don't see people really here, I mean, dying for their faith. And hypothetically, you think, okay, this should be, there should be an increase in witnessing. There's, there's freedom, there's, there's no one really pursuing me for my beliefs, so then there should be a more of a surge of witnessing, but the truth is quite contrary. And as I was just preparing for the sermon and thinking about the things, and sometimes you say, oh, is this, me? is this the right word? Is this the word that God has placed in my heart? Is this truly what I want to speak about on Sunday? And this morning I woke up, 
um, opened up my you know devotions app real quick you know and it said this and I just want to share this with you it says th- it said the Matthew 5:15, no one lights a lamp then puts it under a basket instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house and there's a little uh, blurb here that says you have the light inside of yourself you have the capability to spread light to many people do you hide your talents, gifts, and abilities? Put your light on a stand and let everyone benefit from the light you give off. You sure can make a difference in the world by lighting up for everyone else. And I thought, okay, if this is not, what are the chances I open up a devotion app and it's exactly what I'll be preaching about? I was just like, God, thank you for giving me that confirmation. You know, a word that's definitely near and dear to my heart. Um, So with that said, I would just like us to think about uh, the next four questions um, as we take them one at a time, and it will serve as an outline for the sermon today uh, for those of you taking notes. So the four questions, here they are. Number one, are we witnessing as Christ calls us to? Are we witnessing as Christ calls us to? Number two is why are we not witnessing? Kind of the answer right there, you know. Okay, clearly, why are we not witnessing? Number three, what does the lack of witnessing reveal about our relationship with Christ? When I see myself not witnessing to others around me, what does that say about my relationship with Christ? Is it intimate? Is it shallow? And lastly, maybe perhaps the most important question, the so what question, is what can we do about it? What can we do about it? So number one, are we witnessing as Christ calls us to? When we, we read our Bibles and we see how the early church witnessed, we clearly see, as far as I can see, we see there's a disconnect. We see people being passionate about sharing God with everyone they meet in all aspects of their life. And even today, make closer to us, even in my generation, I think most of us here can say, I've met at least one person in my life that I looked up to and said, wow, that person, they shared their life, they shared their faith in just about every aspect of their life. They witnessed about Christ almost constantly. At least I think if there's one thing that we can look to is all of us have met at least one person that we can look up to and say, that person has done a great work. I want to be more like that person. They're truly witnessing about Christ everywhere they go but majority of us with sadness would answer that question with a no are we witnessing as Christ calls us to and we would sadly answer no it's something that we know we should do but you know I'm not there yet and we would say no I'm not witnessing so why are we not witnessing and I thought about one of the main one of the main reasons I believe is because our love for God is just not there our love for God is not there. We do not treasure Him above everything else. Now, I'm, I'm talking about priorities here. So instead of treasuring God above all and Him being number one, what do we do? We share Him with everything else that competes for God being number one in our life. We share Him. We think, okay, God's number one, yes, but everything else, you know, there's other things that compete for that. And I was thinking, 
good news in general, right? Good, when someone has good news, they want to share the good news. They get excited about the good news. And they, okay, you know, um, some of the things that I've heard for the past month I thought I would share. It's like, okay, our child got accepted to a very good school with a very, you know, nice scholarship program. Or our daughter gave birth to a very healthy baby. Or my uncle recovered from cancer. Or I got pulled over by a police officer and I thought I was going to get a ticket and I didn't get a ticket. Or I finally purchased a home that we can afford and it's perfect. You know, all good news, right? And these are I, some of the things that I just heard for this past month. It's not fictitious. It's what we've all probably heard something similar along those lines. But all these good news we share with our friends, our coworkers, family, and even just acquaintances. But for some reason, we don't share the best news ever. We don't share the best news ever for some reason. And if we don't share it, do we recognize we don't share this good news? Are we recognizing, wow, I'm, I'm not sharing the good news as I ought to? Or have we become so numb to it that we think it's normal to not share the good news about Jesus to everyone we meet? Do we think it's normal to not share Jesus with everyone we meet? Now imagine meeting a person either for the first time um, or even seeing someone as a coworker every single every single you know Monday through Friday you see them you talk to them um, what does an average person talk about you know they talk about work whether they love it they hate it or they're indifferent they talk maybe about their boss as well the family talk about sports obviously the Super Bowl coming up they definitely talk about that uh, politics. Uh, weather, just about anything, but what about Jesus? I was asking myself, how many times do I participate in those conversations, and how often do I talk about Jesus? And I was thinking a lot about that recently. And yes, you know, they know I'm a Christian, and sometimes once or twice, you know, a week, like maybe I'd say something about it. It's like, yes, I did that, you know, check, check mark for me, like I talked about Jesus um, so that's something that's been very very close to my heart but what about another reason I was think I would just give us two reasons today so that'll be number one I think another reason why we don't witness or we experience a lack of witnessing in our life is because we think that it is something that we have to do on our own and we quickly forget the words of Acts 1.8 where it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yes, for those of you who are familiar with this passage, it does pertain, as Jesus talking to the disciples here, and you're familiar with it, but I would say these words apply to us just the same way as it applied to them. What The point I'm trying to make here is it's the Holy Spirit inside every born-again person who is at work. There's a reason that Jesus does not give the great commission, go out and make disciples of all nations. You know, you're supposed to go and do this work to the ends of the earth. I mean, imagine that without telling them that, wait, the Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit will come and do this work 
because without the Holy Spirit, it is obviously impossible to do this. And yet we quickly forget and think we are to witness to others around us on our own strength. And obviously that it's intimidating, right? It's like, oh, you know, what if they ask me some questions I don't know about? And maybe I shouldn't do this at work. You know, it's kind of, um, you know, something that one of those things that's looked down on, we're not supposed to really talk about. So don't forget to rely on the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit when you're about to witness and any aspect whether it's on the bus whether it's at work whether it's at school so back to the first point i made before moving on is are we treasuring christ in our life above all things is he truly number one in our hearts many people say yes you know he is number one in my heart you know he is really there i'm all about god even we're gonna watch this many of us are gonna watch the super bowl even players like you know god number one yeah i scored a touchdown god's number one in my life but when we truly ask some of these questions that we have already talked about if we start asking these questions it reveals things we can easily become blind to it these questions i look at them as almost as a gauge or a thermometer that reveals the condition of our relationship with jesus christ we stick the thermometer in is it is it hot is it cold or is it lukewarm is our relationship with christ lukewarm which leads us to the next question what does the lack of witnessing reveal about our relationship with christ what does the lack of witnessing reveal about our relationship with Christ and it reveals that we are lukewarm and it's not a light thing to be called obviously because most of us here I would say are familiar with the passage in Revelations 3 where it says because you are lukewarm I will spit you out of my mouth says the Lord and we're all familiar with the passage we think okay don't be lukewarm I don't want to be lukewarm because Jesus says I'll spit you out but we quickly forget because he doesn't end there I'll just paraphrase he continues with be diligent and turn from your indifference and continue still he says look I stand at the door and knock so he gives us a warning what will happen to those who are lukewarm and will not turn from their indifference it's a warning here it's a warning that we hear from Jesus another thing what does the lack of witnessing reveal about our relationship with Christ we look at a born-again person a truly born-again person one of the signs is they're regularly witnessing we see them witness and many of us myself included I would say witness so rarely that when we actually do witness it easily becomes an opportunity to boast like oh look at me I brought someone to church hey you know hey do you see him he brought someone to church and maybe we don't speak out like this maybe do something a little less dramatic a Christian type of boasting you know thinking in your mind like oh wow I brought someone to church I wonder when's the last time someone else brought someone to church hmm like okay I'm at least above you know the medium or I'm a little bit above you know the rest of the people because look at me I you know I brought someone to church people must look at me and think wow he's extra holy as if there's a, like a level of Christians like there's mediocre and then there's the extra holy who bring people to church and are wild about their faith so 
talking about someone, even talking to someone at work, we think, okay, I want to share to someone, you know, in our Bible study or in our guys group, like, hey, I shared about Jesus to someone at work. Look what happened. Boom. Like, and you, it makes you feel good. You're like, yes, I did it. But it's something that happens rarely, I would say. Even just talking to um, some, some of my friends and a lot of Christians I grew up with and seeing what happens, like, it's something that it's, it's a rare occasion or it happens less frequently as it ought to. And when that happens, does that sound like someone we have a personal relationship with who we treasure above all things? If we talk about Jesus so rarely to someone, whether it's intimidation or feeling a lack of knowledge about God, does that sound like it is someone who is number one in our life, someone who we are excited and passionate about? someone who we have a personal intimate relationship with i think the answer would be no and lastly to keep in mind you know just before we move on to the next point is in the bible we see witnessing being portrayed as not as this unbearable burden like Everything was good, Jesus, but now you told me about this witnessing thing that I have to do. And, oh man, the weight on my shoulders. I just can't bear this. I don't want to do this. It's something that's hard. I have to strive to do this, and it's so forceful. I don't like it. But we see quite the opposite. We see the early disciples in the early church. They were passionate. They're passionate about people. Not to say that people are not passionate today. They are, but it's something that we have to look to and we have it in the scriptures how they witnessed. They were exceed. They have exceeding joy when we see people go out and witness and the disciples and how Christianity is spreading and we see how it works. Even when we look back to where this country of America was founded on, on Christian principles, biblical principles, we look back at that and we see, wow, there was such a movement, such a stir here in America. You know, we were able to say, you know, I pledge allegiance in our schools. I remember those times. Things were great. But now more and more people are forgetting about those Christian biblical principles that country was founded on. So things like this is something that we should start thinking about. Because obviously that leads us to the next question, which I said probably the most important question, the so what question. What what can I do about it what can we do about it and as i was thinking about this last portion it made me it made me sad in a way because i remember a time in my life sitting in the pews and hearing the sermon and before getting the, getting the application i already knew okay pastor thank you i know i need to i know what's going to come i need to pray more i need to read the bible more okay you know the end of the sermon thank you for that and uh i hate i know that not to say he's like yes yes <laughs> I know I'm just I'm just being honest like there's been a time that I felt that and I was just like you know the application okay I know I need to read more and I thought there could be someone here that's thinking the same thing I know I need to read the Bible more I don't read it enough or I know I need to pray more I don't pray enough no one will say I'm content with my level of prayer my 
maybe I should tone it down a bit because I'm so on fire. No one will, you know, say that. But at the same time, we need to remember that hearing many other preachers talk about this and even hearing it and reading it in our Bibles, we have these foundational pillars of reading the Word and being in prayer as these foundational pillars of our faith of our relationship with Christ they're crucial that's why we see for hundreds of years they are not changed prayer and reading the word is something that is so crucial and foundational to our relationship with Christ things like this do not change so we read the Bible because it is the living word of God and it is what renews our mind because we're so quickly we're so quick to forget and so easily led astray, I would say, by the many things that this world has to offer us. We read the Bible because it is full of direction and promises we can hold on to. Waking up in the morning, you can just be, you already start thinking about the busy schedule and what you have to do and what must be done and maybe think about your retirement, maybe not, thinking about your kids if you have any, thinking about your marriage, thinking about so many different things and so many different opportunities that you have before you but then you go and read the bible and that gives clarity in thinking what's foundational what's the number one what should i focus on am i anxious about all these millions of things that i have to do today what about going through a tough situation tough a trial in your life where do we go we go to the bible because we look and hold on to the promises that are written in there sometimes we quickly forget the promises and when we go back to the bible we read them like it gives us strength and gives us it gives us hope and reminds us of what this life is truly about and we pray we pray because it's our communication it's our means of communicating with god and i was thinking how much of the time do we pray for boldness maybe that's one of the reasons why we are lacking in witnessing is maybe we are not praying for boldness like the disciples did pray for boldness pray for opportunities but a good test i would say something that you could take with you and start this next week start even monday to test to know where your relationship is with christ i think it's revealed when we witness to someone i would say try it try to witness to someone this next week because it will reveal where you are with christ i think i look at witnessing as one of those things like you picture your life as these gears and they're kind of sluggish you go witness to someone all of a sudden the gears start turning things start going you witness to someone whether you were intimidating or hesitating for whatever reason after you witness to someone have you ever had an experience where you're just filled with this joy this power that's in you the holy spirit you clearly feel it working within you you're not hesitant you know that it was the holy spirit working within you that time when you know when you witnessed and that pushes you that propels you forward that actually gives you a more desire to want to read the bible more to spend more time in prayer to look at the questions that perhaps they've asked you and that you didn't know the answer to but you said you know what i don't know the answer to that question but i'll be more than happy to get to get back to you i want to dig in i want to learn more 
And then you witness, you want to witness more. And it's something that keeps the gears moving. You're not in this rut. You're not, you're not just stuck in one place. The gears are not just this sluggish, sluggish movement. You feel like, man, I just need a renewal. I need a renewal in my life. I know that I am not where I ought to be. And my life is pretty lukewarm right now, but I don't want it to be this way. I would say start out by witnessing to someone this week. Start off with sharing about Jesus to someone, whether it's a coworker you see every single day and they might not even know you're Christian yet, but this is your chance. This is a chance that you're able to say, hey, I was, you know, what did you do this weekend? What did they always ask on Monday? Oh, everyone hates Mondays. Let's talk about the weekends. Okay, what did you do? Did you see the Pats game? Yeah, I did, but you know what I did before that? I went to church, and guess what? We talked about witnessing, and... Here, what is it? You know, this is what it's about. And it's like, it's, it's almost given on a platter. You don't even have to, like, work really hard about it, you know. So I was thinking also, have you ever had an experience where maybe you haven't opened the Bible for a very long time, and once you opened it, you couldn't put it down? You thought, that's it. I'm going to read this thing from cover to cover. And you just have this, this taste bud. You just want it eat the whole word. I mean, you think, I'm going to just this read the whole word in one sitting right now because not so much as like, oh, I have to do this, but you just felt like you wanted more of the word. I think, I think many of us here have experienced that at one point or another in our life. It's a similar thing, I would say, with witnessing. Once you witness, sometimes there'll be, you know, dead ends and sometimes you'll be discouraged, but you keep going. That will propel you forward. So I just want to reiterate the few questions that we asked. Are we witnessing as Christ calls us to? Why are we not witnessing? Why are we experiencing a lack of witnessing in our life? And what does the lack of witnessing reveal about our relationship with Christ? If I'm not witnessing and I know I should be doing, it's one of those things, I know I should be doing that, but I don't do it. And it's one of those things like, you know, New Year's comes around. Ah, I've been a Christian for such a long time, but I've never read the Bible cover to cover. I want to do that. I know I should do this, but I don't. That's it. This year, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover. I know I've been a Christian for a while. I got to do this at least once. You know, it's like sad. It's, it's sad, but in the same time, we need to do it. We need to, we need to, f- we need to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. No matter what, I know what's at stake here because I know where my relationship is right now with Christ. And it's lukewarm. I'm not excited about sharing, about sharing to my friends or coworkers about Jesus. I'm not excited about that. I'm more excited about talking about other things. And I talk about just about everything else but Jesus. Or I keep it so minimum that it's, it happens rarely. And what can we do about it? We just said, what can I do today? There's many things that we can start doing. And mo- most of us here, I would say, know what we need to do, but we just don't. We just don't. So I would say, where does Christ fit in your life? What role is he playing in your life? Is he someone that you are very passionate about? Is he someone that you talk about nonstop? Do people at your work, at your school, know that you're a Christian? 
Know that you're passionate. You're, you're not just the person, oh, you go to church? Okay, that's great. Yeah, I know someone who goes to church too. But you're one of those persons who they look to and say, wow, he's one of those Jesus freaks. You know, he's, he's crazy. He's talking about Jesus all the time, no matter what. He's like, praise Jesus. Praise. It's like, what's up with that guy? Something is different with them because there'll be times that they joke about it at work especially. There's many times they joke about it. It's like, oh, you know, you're a Christian. And all these different jokes that they crack. But you know what I'll notice? Uh, what I have noticed is when things get tough, when someone gets diagnosed with cancer, they come to me and they, hey, you know, can you, what's going on? What's with this? They ask questions. They come to you because they know that there's something real. After, after when life gets real and all the jokes aside, they come and they say, I want to know about this Jesus. Or can you pray? Can you tell your church to pray about my wife or she's been diagnosed with cancer? One of my coworkers just asked me that. And it's just like, he was one of the ones who was joking. Hey, guys, you know, preacher man, Eugene, you know, like jokes around all the time. But then when life gets real, they'll come to you because they know that there's something real. There's someone real that you stand for. There's Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. And I just want to end with these words, these lyrics that I heard this morning by Chris Tomlin. And then we'll have a chance to pray and uh, reflect on what we have heard today it says the um, the song is called at the cross I think most of you have heard it before and I thought it was so on point especially with communion today and it says at the cross at the cross I surrender my life I'm in awe of you I'm in awe of you where your love ran red and my sin washed white I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. And I was thinking the second line there, it says, I'm in awe of you. How many of us are in awe of Jesus Christ? Like, Lord, I'm in awe of you. I'm excited about you. I'm going to go after the service. You know, there's been, I feel like I'm going to go and just talk to someone. I want someone to know that there's a God that I serve. There's a God that I'm passionate about. And if we don't feel like that, I, th I think that we should reflect. And we're going to pray right now. And I just want you to, to challenge you say, Lord, I don't feel this way. I'm not excited about you. And I know that I should, Lord. And I know that you have given me this, this warning, and especially this warning from Revelations, Lord, the, to turn back, to not be lukewarm, because I know that you're knocking, Lord. And it's... It's so eye-opening to start asking these questions because it's better to get these questions out now and which will reveal the status of your relationship with Jesus rather than hear the words, away from me, I never knew you, at the end of your life where it's too late. So I just want to spend some time in prayer right now. If you would just bow your heads, we'll pray and um, I'll just give a few minutes and I'll finish um, in a word of prayer. You are the Alpha and you are the Omega, Lord. You are the beginning and you are the end, Lord. I thank you that we get to come here freely without any persecution and worship you, Lord. I thank you for this word that you have spoken to me in my heart and convicted me first and foremost. And I was able to come here and share what you have put on my heart, Lord. 
I pray that we would give this, get this boldness, that we would pray for it to witness about you, Lord, to not be intimidated, to not think it's all up to us, Lord, that we need to pull ourselves by the bootstraps and just go in and start witnessing to every single person we meet, but to acknowledge the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit working in us gets passionate about serving you, Lord Jesus, to be your hands and feet, Lord. May not only our actions, Lord, speak to who we are and who we serve but our words as well may we be vocal about who we serve jesus christ the living son of god lord as we remember especially today as we partake in the communion lord as we remember what you have done for us on the cross lord how can we not how can we not share what you have done on our life lord how can we not share how can we be silent and not speak out about what you have done on the cross for us lord jesus i pray you give us boldness i pray this week that we be challenged we think of this word lord i pray that this word we have heard today will not be forgotten or that satan would come and take it away lord but we would hold on to it near and dear that we would ponder as we leave here today as we dig into the word into the scriptures lord into ways that we can approach either our co-workers or our friends at school or wherever it may be to pray for opportunities and have our eyes open lord because you give opportunities all the time i pray that you would give us this urge this this fire to witness lord in your precious name i pray jesus amen